Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for joining us to take a look at the book. And this time, we're going to look at the book of Daniel. Daniel is a prophet that reveals a timeline for the Gentile world. In fact, it is that phrase in the times of the Gentiles that is introduced in Daniel and helps us to understand the end-time activities of major world powers as we quickly approach the return of Jesus Christ. In the next few moments, you will listen to a portion of an introduction that I have made to my five-hour CD audio study of the book of Daniel. I hope that you will consider studying the entire book. But before we talk to you about that, let's listen now to this introduction of the book of Daniel. There's stuff to wonder why the United States of America, 270 million people, decided to pick on a little nation of less than 10 million people and devastate it to the extent more so than was the result of the devastation of World War II. Why we had to intercede in a holy war where there were only 5,000 refugees until we got involved, and that increased to 1,250,000 refugees. I'm not picking sides with President Milosevic. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I think uniquely that took place as it was setting the stage for prophetic things to happen. And so some of these, why is it that some of these nations of the world that seemingly are moving themselves, maneuvering themselves into position always to try to destroy the nation of Israel... Why is it that Syria has 39 Scud missiles in the Bekaa Valley aimed at the city of Jerusalem? Why is it that Tehran, Iran has 100 long-range and mid-range missiles with possible nuclear warheads on them aimed at the city of Jerusalem? What is all of this about? Why is the Egyptian army holding military exercises in the Sinai Desert? And why did their minister of defense make a a provocative statement that they were ready for war with Israel. I believe Daniel, written 2,500 years ago, is going to assist us in helping to understand exactly why all of this did take place and what the whole situation is all about. Let me remind you of something as you think about prophecy. We must be reminded that there, and I have a trio of triplets. I want to give you two legs of this trio of triplets this morning But I want to remind you that this is a foundational undergirding for understanding prophecy. Have you ever, look back just for a second, if you've got Daniel open, but look back to 1 Corinthians just for a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 32, a very interesting statement, a text that's not a text out of context, though that truly technically is what I'm doing, taking it out of context. But in reality, I'm not going to change the meaning of what it's teaching it gives us one of the foundational undergirdings for understanding prophecy. 1 Corinthians 10 is talking about Paul speaking, saying everything is lawful for me, but everything is not expedient for me. And in that context, he makes a statement in verse 32, and I'm going to give none offense no matter what I do with my life. I'll give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. And with that statement, he breaks into Thirds, mankind, humankind. 
He says there are Gentiles, there are Jews, and there are members of the church of God, are Christians on the earth. And so he establishes the fact that there are three strands of the human family. This is essential if you're going to understand prophecy, and in particular, if you're going to understand the book of Daniel. It is a definite foundational truth that God has Jews, Gentiles, and Christians. Each and every one of us are one of those. We're never two of those. A lot of my Jewish friends come to me and try to tell me that they are Jewish Christians, are completed Jews, are Messianic Jews. I don't understand those terms. The Bible says when a Jew and a Gentile, Ephesians chapter 2, who were separated by a wall of partition, but the person of Christ took the wall of partition out and made two people, Jew and Gentile, one person in Jesus, a Christian. So I'm not quite sure what those other terms mean. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody who comes out of a Jewish background and has come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, but technically, doctrinally, a Jew or a Gentile trusting in Christ becomes a Christian, not a Messianic Jew. And it's very important you understand. I never use the Messiah as an adjective. And when you say Messianic Jew, you're using Messiah as an adjective. He's a noun. He is the subject. So a Messianic Jew is grammatically incorrect, much less doctrinally incorrect. You're one of those. You're not two or three of those. Anybody ever say, he's a Messianic Gentile? Why wouldn't you say that? Because he's the Messiah for both of us, isn't he? Now, did you realize that in the first 2,000 years of human history, there were only Gentiles upon the face of the earth? From Genesis chapter 1... Through Genesis chapter 12, only Gentiles, no Christians, no Jews, only Gentiles upon the face of the earth. Well, there's a lot of information we could give you on that. Chapter 10 of the book of Genesis, for example, if you want to study it sometimes, I'm just touching the highlights of it, tell us that indeed all of the Arab world did not come from Father Abraham. One thing we must understand prophetically is that some of those Bible teachers that you're watching on national television, and I'm going to exhort you to quit watching those Bible teachers. I'm talking about Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, Dan Rather, <laughs> who are telling you that why is there any problem in the Middle East? I mean, the, the whole situation is that a bunch of brothers or cousins are fighting each other. That's not a true statement. If I was to ask you where the Arab world came from, many of you would probably say Ishmael. Well, you'd be incorrect if you said that. Ishmael's mother was what? An Egyptian handmaiden. It's pretty difficult. Hagar was an Egyptian handmaiden. It's pretty difficult for her son, Ishmael, to be the father of the Egyptian people, isn't it? If her mother came from Egypt. <laughs> you see that? And that came out in, in Genesis chapter 10, the genealogies of him, Shem, uh, Shem and Jepheth there, as they came out from uh, their sojourn on the ark during the time of the flood, the worldwide flood. And all the Gentile world, or at least, excuse me, most of the Arab world is, and all of it in the Gentile world, but most of the Arab world comes before Abraham is ever on the scene. Ishmael went to what we know as Saudi Arabia today. It was Arabia then. He became a Saudi Arabian. And then there was one other and that was Esau, who became Edom, who became later 
what we understand the Idumeans, and they became, I believe, the Palestinian people of today. So there's only two peoples that come from Father Abraham in the Arab world. Everybody else came from the Gentile world and before Abraham ever came into existence. So from Genesis 1 to Genesis 12, Gentiles. From Genesis 12, that's Genesis 12 is called of Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. Genesis 12, he comes from Ur of the Chaldees, by the way, down near Kuwait. Where every, it doesn't, it's an interesting how what goes around comes around, but from Kuwait, he comes up over the Fertile Crescent, Syria, down into Cana, modern-day Israel. And there he establishes the Jewish nation. He's first called a Hebrew in Genesis 14. His grandson called Israel, Genesis 32. His great-grandson Jacob, uh, Judah, called a Jew, 2 Kings chapter 16. And so the Jewish nation. And from Genesis 12 to Acts chapter 2, Gentiles and Jews upon the face of the earth. No Christians in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's essential in your understanding of prophecy. No Christians there. No Christians until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so in Acts chapter 2, the third phase of the human family, Christians come into existence. And from Acts 2 to Revelation 22, there are Gentiles, Jews, and Christian. God deals and has in the past dealt with Gentiles, presently dealing with them, and in the future will do the same thing. Thank you for joining us as we have taken a look at the book of Daniel, a timeline for the Gentile world powers that lead up to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an interesting study, and you have only been able to listen to an introduction of this study of the book of Daniel. If you would be interested in the entire five-hour study that will be delivered to you in CD form, you can call our toll-free number, and our people can tell you how you can order your study of the book of Daniel. That toll-free number is 8-PROPHECY-8. Now, that's the short way to remember it. It's translated into 877-674-3298. Or you can also go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and be able to order this study on Daniel. It is an essential study for your understanding of end-time events leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. By the way, let me remind you, seven years prior to the second coming of Christ, the rapture takes place when you and I as Christians will be caught up to be with him in the air forevermore. And that could happen at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...